Are you an entrepreneur, industry expert, or influencer? Did you know that speaking is one of the highest paying professions in the world? Download my free PDF checklist now and you can learn how you can become a highly paid speaker. Go to jamieabbott.com forward slash speaker guide. Hello and welcome to Pitch Perfect, the podcast where we shine a spotlight on the power of effective communication, strategic business thinking, and the spirit of entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Jamie Abbott. I've spent years mastering the art of public speaking and public relations, weathered the storm in the business world, and have emerged not only surviving, but thriving in the face of challenges. And now I'm here to share my insights and experiences with you, whether you're an entrepreneur looking to take your business to the next level, a marketing professional wanting to sharpen your skills, or simply someone who wants to become a better communicator, this podcast is for you. So buckle up and join me on this journey. Let's learn, grow, and conquer the world of public speaking, public relations, marketing, and business strategy together. Welcome to Pitch Perfect. Well, my guest today is Jess Spendlove, who is one of Australia's most respected and experienced dietitians. Over the last decade, Jess has worked with multiple professional sports teams, Olympic athletes, business leaders, large corporate organizations, and many high schools. Her clients have included hundreds of professional athletes, F45 headquarters, the Australian Defence Force School of Special Operations, PwC Australia, QBE, PEXA, Zurich, News Corp, The Iconic, the list goes on, as well as many of Sydney's top private schools. Jess is known for her personable approach, high quality work and results, ability to connect with all types of people, outside the box thinking, and ability to get the job done with exceptional results. Jess teaches high performers how to strategically harness the power of performance nutrition to have more consistent energy to achieve their goals whilst maximizing their physical and mental health. And Jess gives high performers total clarity and confidence on how to use and enjoy food to optimize well-being and performance in all areas of life. And she helps people go from good to great. Jess, welcome to Pitch Perfect. Jamie, thank you so much for having me. It is great to have you here. And you, of course, came into my world through my paid to speak course. And I remember when you joined, I went to your LinkedIn profile and I thought, oh my goodness, this woman is huge. You had like 21,000 LinkedIn followers at the time, which I know has probably gone up since then. You had all this media coverage. Um, It's so cool to have you into my world. And of course, you are in PR club as well. How did you get into this sort of work where you're kind of focusing on those specialists? athletes and and top performers in sport? Yeah, great question. You know, for me, it really was a result of how I grew up and also getting it all wrong. So I was, you know, a high-performing adolescent athlete. So the typical, well, not that it's typical, but for someone that, you know, relates to that, it's training before school, training after school, driving all over Sydney and, you know, that comes with a lot of commitment and requirements and also requires a lot of food, which I had no idea. I was so underfueled, I was so tired, 
I was getting injured and it was all a byproduct of me not getting that nutrition piece right. So I was getting it wrong before I learned to get it right. And because of that experience from going from exhausted to energized and that performance and that growth and everything that came with that, also being a foodie and liking people, it was really clear like, okay, sports dietitian or performance dietitian, you know, that's what I want to be. So it was pretty laser focused pretty early on. It took a lot of study, you know, two degrees, five years, working in a hospital for three years, a lot of volunteer experience, um, mentoring, all the rest of it before that kind of first opportunity came. And then it all really snowballed from there. Yeah. Wow. That's so cool. A lot of dedication, I guess. Did you ever think, oh, am I doing the right thing? I know a lot of doctors who embark on that huge study journey think, wow, is this really worth it? And they do ask themselves that that question many times. Definitely. And, and probably the even more um, confronting piece to that whole story is like, you've gone to university for five years, tens of thousands of dollars, you know, three, four, five days a week, plus all of the study. And in the last week when they, you know, prepare you to go into the real world, the through line of essentially what that week was, was preparing you not to get a job. It was basically going, okay, well, you've done all this, but you probably won't get a job and that's okay. Or it's going to take you 12 months or so. Um, so that's pretty confronting, but yeah, it's, I think everybody has, no matter what their journey, how like quickly they got a job or how long they had to wait. I think you do question, was this the right thing? Um, I certainly have had that and being a business owner now, I still have that, or it's more like, am I doing the right thing? Despite, you know, the resume, the clients, all of that, it's just challenging. I think you really need to be a, a certain, you know, certain way inclined to, commit to certain degrees and certain careers. Um, but fortunately for me, I guess that's who I am and how I've always been. So yeah, it's um it's kind of nearly managing, it's nearly managing that driver motivation and and pacing myself. That's actually the phase that I'm in now. It's kind of like containing that. And it's also about me as a person, not just me as a professional, which yeah, is kind of where I'm at at the moment with my life, not just my career. Yeah, that's so cool. I love that. And so working with, I assume, some famous athletes, you know, you've, you've worked with Olympians and professional sports teams, are they high maintenance or do they, they, do you love working with them because they know how important nutrition is and, and gut health and all the things that um, you talk about? So it's quite a breeze to be able to deal with those types of people. Look, it's a mixed bag. It's it's the full spectrum of the easiest, most motivated and dedicated athletes getting it pretty right. But you would be surprised there's actually quite a majority who really are coming to coming into this professional world pretty pretty raw. Um, maybe haven't been exposed, haven't gone through a pathway, and so never assume, like, yep. High-level people, I still work with high-level people one-on-one now. I just don't contract to teams. Like that was great for me. It was clearly like my vision and drive and after doing it for like nearly a decade, two things happened, COVID being one of them, and it really changed the landscape. But it also made me go, I'm on a hamster wheel here and I'm nearly hanging on for dear life because I've got everything that I was 10-year-old or 15-year-old Jess ever dreamed of. but Jess as a, you know, 33, 34 year old, that's how old I was at the time, 
isn't actually very happy. Like she burns herself out and, you know, I've done that. What's next? So interestingly, it came at, you know, COVID and, and the shift and what I'm doing now, it's all kind of come at interesting timing. But um, yeah, back to the question, they're not all getting it right. They don't all value it. It definitely is a little bit kind of representative of how they grew, grew up, maybe the sport or the code that they're in. Like the AFL is so far forward, same as the netball compared to maybe, look, I don't want to speak, don't want to generalize, but thinking about, you know, some of the other team sports I've worked with, there was a lot of nearly convincing them on why they needed to value it, which in the end, I was like, this is your career. Like it's either going to result in you getting bigger contracts or longer contracts. So do you want that? Because it doesn't impact me. Um, But yeah, you'd be surprised. There's some high maintenance, but there's some really easy, nice, lovely, you know, great operators as well. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure that's great to hear. When we caught up, so Jess and I, we caught up in Newcastle a couple of weeks ago now, Newcastle, New South Wales. Of course, Jess is based in Sydney. You were saying to me how you actually will have always often work with um, CEOs, so business leaders, the busy corporate types, um, and just how much of an impact can you make for someone who's say a CEO or, you know, an executive type leader in making just some small adjustments that will improve not only, I guess, their physical health, but also their, their mental health and, and helping them to perform and function better every day? It really is profound. And the way that I talk to people is you only know how good you can feel based on what you've always done. And what I want to teach you is like a new level. It's nearly opening up this untapped extra level of like whether it's energy, whether it's productivity, whether it's just enjoyment. Um, I've never met anybody, no matter CEO, professional athlete, whoever, with all of the things that I teach people who are ticking all of those boxes. So for me, that means there's room to improve and You know, it's interesting, like thinking about the special forces guys that I work with, like, you know, they are a really interesting group. They're so mentally resilient, which I think you can extrapolate to a lot of professional athletes and CEOs. Like you have, you're motivated and you're driven and you're pretty resilient, like that's there. But what I'm offering is nearly something which is going to elevate that or make it more ease, which like I say, easy with hesitation, because it's not about it being easy, but it's about being easier or probably even of more interest, it's like getting you to the top but keeping you there. So it's that longevity piece. It's not just like smashing yourself, burning yourself out, which, as I mentioned before, like I got it wrong despite kind of knowing this. Um, it's nearly having having your cake and eating it too or getting you to the top and keeping you there for as long as possible because, you know, it's not health or wealth. It's both. They're both equally important for a lot of people and we often compromise one to get the other until and then what I'm essentially wanting to do is put that more into people's kind of radars earlier on so they're not thinking about it when it's too late or they're trying to fix something that's already popped up they've got both right now yeah it's um it's funny like I have so many things to say to that so firstly you know I work with a lot of CEOs as well and so many of them will always be going out for a run or they've gone for a run that morning same as a lot of politicians I I remember Julie Bishop um I I sort of came into contact with her through my political life and and she would always get up and go for a run no matter where she was and and a lot of CEOs do that where they take a lunchtime run and and all that sort of thing and they maintain that's great for their mental health but there's more to it than that right it's not just 
just going for a run and then smashing themselves all the time. Like the nutrition part obviously has a huge part to play. And is that where a lot of people go wrong? Yeah, I think everyone thinks we all eat, so it, it's fine. Um, and we're also in this kind of world where we're taught like, oh, we need to restrict or it needs to be difficult or, yeah, it's it's quite interesting and I like to come at it from a way of it being like, well, first of all, three things are important when it comes to your nutrition. Like, yes, it needs to be nutritious, but equally as important, it needs to be delicious and easy because the magic or the compounding effects is seen when it's repeatable and when you're consistent. And that only comes when you've got the knowledge, the skills and the application that you can do no matter what's happening. And like, I actually think within all of that, my specialty is working with busy people because it's nearly taking a look at their life, seeing the overarching, you know, everything that's going on and seeing what those big levers are and presenting them with the biggest lever to start with, which then has that profound knock-on effect. But, you know, nutrition other than sleep and breathing is one of the only things we do every single day. So when we start to get it right, the ripple effect in so many aspects of our life, our energy, our cognition, our memory, our focus, um, our sleep, it all has this like compounding positive effect, but it's about knowing what is the first lever to pull to have that knock-on effect or that first domino to push, as I like to say. Um, we all eat, so I think we all get it, but there's really some key principles which everyone would benefit from knowing and doing and then just feeling that difference pretty instantaneously. Yeah. I mean, speaking of busy people, like, as you know, I've been involved in deadlifting and weights and all this barbell work at the moment. And I'm loving it. I'm loving it for so many reasons. But every time I go to the gym, I have to kind of justify it because if you are going to the gym, no matter what, if you're doing classes or doing what I'm doing and doing weights and all that sort of thing, it's essentially a, a two hour chunk in your day. You know, the time you get to the gym and, and do a workout, you shower, you drive there and back, it's two hours and three times a week, that's six hours into my work week where I, where I know if I sat down for those six hours, I could be making more money. I could be pitching myself to clients, all that sort of thing. So, you know, how do you kind of justify that time expense when you're you know, thinking about your daily routine and you're trying to schedule that workout two hours into that day. Yeah, I think it's about thinking about what it used to be like for yourself and going, how did that feel? You know, I really believe in like creating self-awareness with people and I believe the first step is knowing. The second step is like doing and then merely feeling and seeing the difference. And it doesn't mean every single week. Like if, you can, if you've implemented three weight sessions a week and you're like sticking to that every week, amazing. But, you know, I know you've had launches and things recently, so I don't know if anything like disrupted that. And then it's nearly if something does disrupt something or we just like old habits creep in, we're nearly being able to acknowledge our current self and our old self and we can feel and see that difference, which then is that really supportive kind of habit formation. Um, but, yeah, you're exactly right. You know, it can creep in. I could be working more, but it's not always quantity, it's quality. And, you know, sometimes having shorter periods of time to time block or work on a task or get things done, give yourself that break, give your brain that break, then when you come back, you're getting the same amount done in that shorter period of time. But yeah, look, our brain likes to tell us lots of different things, sometimes for the good, but most of the time, not so good. I think at the um, 
they had a lot of neuro like scientists at the the PwC the outside event and it's basically like 71% of the time we're wired to look for the negative so we just really need to catch ourselves out there but yeah that self awareness piece and kind of comparing the differences in what you're getting done whether you're tracking it or even just in how you feel how you feel is the most important thing that's quality of life yeah the brain is so powerful i mean i did i did still work out in my launch but i ate terribly like i had donut fries <laughs> dinner through Uber Eats one night of the launch. But I, it's funny how mindset comes into it so much, Jess, because in the, my launch, it was day two of my launch, I actually deadlifted 140 kilos. I've done wow. 150 kilos since, but it was 140. I then went through the launch. I think I might've done one bench press workout after that, but then it was the day after my launch. So I do an eight day launch and I had just deadlifted 140 the week prior. So I went in the day after my launch finished and I got to the gym and I could not lift more than 120 kilos. And it was a week between my deadlift exercises. There was no reason why I couldn't, but it was all in mm. my mind. I think I mentally pushed myself so much in that launch, got to the gym and my brain said, no, you can't. And I could not lift more than 120, even though I know I, I, pr- I had proven the week before I could, but the mind was telling me it was just burnt out. And I actually went into a bit of a burnout for 10 days after that. And so, you know, a couple of years ago, mindset, brain power, all that sort of thing, I thought was just a bit woo, but it's so powerful, isn't it? And do you find that just some simple mindset shifts can really change people's performance? Huge. Mindset is, you know, that aside from nutrition, sleep, gut health, like mindset would be that other, you know, big pillar that just gets woven throughout. And, you know, to your point, part of it is creating the habit and doing it. But then when you've um, overshot because that's just the season or the phase or the launch that you're in, then we really do need to pour back in. And, you know, well done for sticking with your routine and still going to the the gym. And then when you're getting there, well, it sounds like you probably weren't able to lift above that. But sometimes you need to honour that as well. Like when your body and your brain are just at war with each other, sometimes the best thing we need to do is rest. So it's just when we're snoozing our alarm every morning and every day becomes a rest day. But when you're in a good routine and if your brain or your body are just not in alignment, that is a really key sign that, okay, well, we actually just need to pause and rest. Um, I actually work with a couple of powerlifters, like high-level powerlifters at the moment, which isn't my usual, like normally I'm swimmers and athletics and team sports and everything really enjoying it really interesting but um yeah we went they shoot she went through this recently and it's a bit of your nervous system as well like she was just shot and fried like it was more from the training stimulus but your nervous system was also a part of not only that but the week that you'd just been and all the energy that you'd given out um yeah yeah it's, mm. it's so bizarre. I mean, I'm back on track now more than ever. Yeah. I think I had a forced break. Uh, I got sick. Uh, you know, people get sick after their launches too for the course creators listening. You just put so much adrenaline, you're on adrenaline, running on adrenaline and um, and no sleep. And 
I just think um, I needed a forced rest after that. Um, Speaking of gut health, I was fortunate to have a little uh, sneak peek of your presentation that you um, recently uh, were involved in, you know, on behalf of PwC. And it was all about color. I remember um, having different color colors involved in each time you select a meal. Can you tell me a little bit about that and, and what people can, what advice you have for people to have all the colors of the rainbow when they are selecting their, their food choices? Yeah, that whole workshop or the 12 workshops, which was the same one that was presented at the outside, was all about improving your gut health so you perform better in life. Um, And the key take-homes there are the biggest um, indicator for good gut health is a diverse microbiome and the number one, I guess, or the biggest lever that I like to come back to when we want to improve our microbiome is eating more plants. Um, so that's fruits, vegetables, nuts, seeds, whole grains, lentils, and legumes. There's a little bit of a magical number, which is 30 plants a week, um, which has been shown to give people a greater diverse microbiome than people who have 10 or less. But yeah, I often like to talk about colors and eating different colors and making sure a meal and snack has some color that's attributing it more to your fruits and vegetables. Um, but it does take it that one step further and is about vitamins, minerals, antioxidants, polyphenols, flavonoids, basically fancy words for plant chemicals. And when a fruit or vegetable is a different color, it is a reflection of a different like nutrient profile. So that's where that whole, you know, eat the rainbow, like your bookshelf, which I love, which is all the different (laughs) colors. Um, But those different colors are different nutrients or different food for our good gut bugs. So whether we're looking at, yeah, the nuts and the seeds, all the plants, all the different colours. Some other key components to that is also looking at the gut-brain connections. So the gut and the brain are constantly talking to each other. Um, And if we're stressed or we're overstimulated or we're in that fight-or-flight response, that is going to impact our gut health. Um, whether that's we have increased symptoms, whether we um, are not tolerating foods, whether we have more like bloating or urgency to go to the bathroom. So sometimes what's going on in our gut is a matter of what's going on in our mind. So stress management and having daily practices that work for you is a really important piece of that puzzle as well. Yeah, I got a lot out of just that session with you where we went through your presentation. Even now when I go and pick beans, if I'm making Mexican, I make sure I pick the mixed colored beans rather than just the straight black beans, for example. That was one of the little um, diagrams you had. So it's um, so simple and so easy, but really effective. So that really has stayed with me. So thank you for sharing that. Um I want to ask you so many more questions. I could literally talk to you all day, but you have a fairly high profile um, and you probably don't think that, but I think that when I go to your, like I was just doing some research before we jumped on today and there's a lot of media, you've got, you know, huge following. Even when you gave me a testimonial for paid to speak, it had the most amount of views of any testimonial. Um, Yeah, it was, it was, it was 2000 or something. Whereas you in a launch, when you're putting out 10 reels a day, your viewers go down and I was getting a couple hundred for everything else. And so what's your secret to boosting your brand and, and being so obviously you're very good at what you do, but you know, from a PR perspective, what has been the secret? Have you done all the things? Has there been a couple of little things you'd like to share for other business owners out there who are hoping to elevate their own profile? Yeah, that's so um 
interesting and very like humbling to hear because yeah I don't think that at all but um <laughs> look consistency is the name of the game like I spread this from a well-being and a performance point of view but I have been chipping away at this I've been doing the Instagram thing for a long time and I've invested a lot of time and money into it so I've had people that help me create a lot of the assets it's my ideas I direct them so I've invested like my time and team's time and money to do that. So I think consistency is really important. Um, just being like a good person and always like delivering like what you've said you're going to deliver when you've said you're going to deliver it and even exceeding expectations. So, you know, I've had a few experiences recently with contracts and things which have just reminded me like you always want to exceed expectations. So um, you know, part of it as well was probably reaching out. Like you can't just sit back and wait for opportunities. Um, and I probably need to take that advice in some different areas and things I'm trying to target at the moment. But um, yeah, like some of the awesome things that we're doing in the PR club around like strategy on even reaching out to corporates or reaching out to media and that type of thing. Um, I did have a manager at one point or an agent. So there was some help with some kind of media articles and things like that. But, um, yeah, I think it's just whenever you get an opportunity, whether it's to you or you seek it out, exceed the expectation, that person will come back to you, word will spread. So word of mouth, you know, your network is your net worth. And um, for me, because I think I've worked in so many different areas, like it was a bit crazy, like realistically looking back, um, I wouldn't recommend doing all of that. But um, even if you do part of it, it's just always relationship first, deliver good results. And yeah, but consistency is probably my number one takeaway there. Yeah. And even though that sounds so simplistic, it, it's something which a lot of people don't do. Even just showing up on Instagram and doing a story. I'm so passionate about that. Um, you know, I go and do an Instagram story at least five times a, a week. I would ideally say seven days a week, but I've got young children. Weekends can be a bit hectic, but just documenting in the moment what you're doing. And so you're keeping yourself front of mind is just such a small but powerful strategy. And it sounds like it certainly has worked for you. Definitely. And, you know, the great thing about social media is whoever you want to get to know, you've really got a direct line to get to know that person. So whether that's just commenting or sharing their posts or, you know, contributing, don't annoy them, <laughs> but just, <laughs> you know, be kind and generous and like you can really establish any kind of connection that you want. And I guess the only thing I'll say on that is sometimes it's not a good time for that person. Don't take that personally, but you know, if you really do feel um, called to an area or like you feel like there's someone emulating what you want to do, most people are very giving. You just need to time, you know, what you're kind of trying to do. So um, consistency and persistency are my two probably things there. Yeah, absolutely. Love that. Thank you. If people want to work with you, how can they do it? How can they get in touch with you, Jess? Yeah, best way is my website, so jessicaspenlove.com. Um, but Instagram and LinkedIn, I live out on both of them daily. So, um, but yeah, see what I'm about, whether it's coaching, whether it's speaking, whether it's just weekly tips and exclusive content, which I send my email list. Um, there's no shortage. So yeah, if any of this speaks to you, come and find me, say hello. I'd love to love to connect. I love your website. It's so pretty. And I am on your mailing list and I love your tips. They are super helpful for anyone, anyone who eats, 
really. That's the, the great thing. I know you have your specialties, but I get something out of them every single time they hit my inbox. So thank you. And thank you for coming on to Pitch Perfect. Thanks for having me. And honestly, thanks for all of your amazing work. Like obviously I'm in paid to speak in the PR club. So people get in there, get involved. Jamie, whatever she gives out on the podcast and on socials, it's like tenfold in um in her paid content tent hundredfold so yeah c- come and join us in there <laughs> oh thank you i'm embarrassed now thank you so much jess thanks for listening to pitch perfect if you enjoyed this episode please rate and review it and share it to social media if you'd like to download my free paid speaking resources go to jamieabbott.com